Good evening, everyone. Good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're listening to the show. Uh, welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie, and of course, Mark Broadhurst. Um, it's been quite uh, an exhausting weekend, actually, um, from, from everything that's been going on in the game uh, this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, me and Mark got a lot to talk about with, with regards to the Bundesliga. Obviously, we'll be touching on the games and um, match day 29, obviously the the importance of, of some of those games, especially in regards to the race with the top four and top six. Um, but there's obviously been a lot going on with regards to the Super League, managerial merry-go-round and, and some worrying COVID cases, which we'll kind of get onto it in due course. So um, obviously we'll, we'll just do the anagram first just to get things get things rolling with Mark and I'll, we'll go we'll swiftly go over to the actual results of the weekend and then we'll dive we'll dive straight into it because I think we've got a lot to talk about this um this week so uh yeah over over to you Mark to, to get the anagram on the go absolutely yes and I think it was actually quite ironic uh, my anagram for last week which obviously will start by recapping which was indeed um it was a glamour's disc but yeah, I mean, it was actually quite uh, ironic because as we were doing this show, as we were recording, obviously, on the Sunday night, the, the, the answer to this anagram was actually being fired after his team lost at home to mine. So, yeah, I think <laughs> usually we say that our anagram brings good luck to, to managers and players. Yeah. But actually, this time it gave a very, very bad luck. And yeah, it was indeed... Um, yeah, it was Marcus Gisdol, obviously, of formerly of Cologne, who was fired, uh, yeah, rather expectedly, let's be honest, after a very, very disappointing season, and uh, which continued again, as we'll mention, into this week. So let's uh, very quickly uh, sum up uh, this week's um, Mark's Mystery Anagram, which, what, which is, as you can see on the bottom of your screen, it's Sabra Soon. So that's if you're listening on the podcast, it's S-A-B-R-A, and the second word is soon, S-O-O-N. So that's Sabra soon is your anagram for week 29. So as Rory said, because we've got quite a lot to talk about aside from the fixtures this week, it's been a really eventful week in the Bundesliga. Let's just quickly sum up the results and then we'll go on to the main talking points. So as you can see at the bottom of your screen, Friday night started out with a very dull nil-nil between Leipzig and Hoffenheim. Moving on to the Saturday afternoon games, there was another pretty dull nil-nil between Augsburg and Bielefeld. But then we had a 4-0 win for Gladbach over Frankfurt. Then another 4-0 for Freiburg over away specialist Schalke. <laughs> yeah, and then we had yeah, a 2-1 win for Union Berlin at home to Stuttgart, which was an entertaining game, by the way. Then in the big game of the weekend, once again goes the way of the Bayern. As I predicted, it was a 3-2 win for Bayern in Wolfsburg. Then, yeah, the, the Cologne derby ended up in a 3-0 win for Leverkusen over FC Cologne. And then only one game on Sunday today, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, the reason why that was. Yeah, it was a 4-1 win for Dortmund over off-form Werder Bremen. So... Let's go straight back over to Rory to introduce some of the big talking points of this week. 
Yeah, um, so obviously we're we're recording on a Sunday as we always do do the show, and it's it's around what just gone seven UK time as as we're recording. And I was quite happily watching my my beloved Man United when when some news broke at half time <laughs> around half four um, with regards to the news that the Super League um, that had been kind of fl- flirted around a little bit that there had been official agreement from the top six traditional clubs in um, from within the Premier League in England. Uh, three clubs in Italy and three in Spain, I believe, um, and that potentially, even whilst by the the announcement could even be coming this evening whilst we're recording. So if it does, obviously we'll have to react to that in in due course. But yeah, obviously, so the the theory that there could be a kind of a split, um, a breakaway from the top teams of of Europe's top, well, X amount of leagues. Obviously, from what we've heard so far. And for what I've read, Bayern have actually opposed to this and they've said that they've not committed to it, which I think is a brilliant stance from both Bayern and hopefully the Bundesliga. Um, some of the bigger teams I haven't heard from anything uh, with regards to, say, a Dortmund or, or an RB potentially yet. Um, so obviously that that might have to come. But fingers crossed that um, our Bundesliga teams are, are, are not committing to this because this... Is a very scary prospect for for the game in general for football as a as a game that we we love. It, it's more and more as the years go on, going towards this franchise business kind of case. Obviously, seeing things like the Champions League, they're wanting to expand that as we speak anyway, uh, which was supposed to be happening on Monday, um, which obviously then been interrupted by this announcement, and it's just. The pure greed um, of some of these club owners to try and break away the clubs from from this tri- obviously the long-standing traditional format that football has always been um, it is completely disgraceful and it's really disturbing to see. Um, I, for one, as a Man United fan, if I saw my obviously from what I understand so far, they've signed up to this potential breakaway, and it, it makes me sick to my stomach to be honest um to to see something like that happen um and i i don't think i could ever follow something like that happening um so yeah maybe i'll have to have become a full-time stuttgart fan if that's the case because um, i'm a wigan fan rory or a wigan fan maybe um but yeah it's really disturbing so obviously from from our kind of angle that we're doing the bundesliga show we're, we're obviously we're really hopeful that something like this then doesn't take top three, four, five teams away from the league and, and really kind of damages the game financially as well. Obviously, lots of clubs in the Bundesliga, as high up as, as the Bundesliga, are really struggling financially. And to have that kind of big chunk of money taken away from them if the Super League did did come into being would be would be terrible for the game. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously a bit fresh right now and... I, for one, as a football fan, I'm, I'm a bit worried about where the the direction of the game is going. Um, so I don't I don't know what you think about it, Mark. Obviously, I know you're a Wigan a Wigan fan, English uh, from an English point of view. But what do you reckon to this? Do you think do you think it's as as big a joke as I do? Yeah, absolutely. From a purist perspective, I'm disappointed. But at the same time, it was very much expected from where I'm standing. I think I think I mentioned to you before the show, Rory, I think um, at the end of the day, 
football now is an international market. Do you know what I mean? Especially European football is probably the biggest club sport there is. Do you know what I mean? In the whole world. I mean, people in America, in India, in China, in Australia, in Africa, South America, everyone is watching European football, you know. And I think, unfortunately, that means there's a hell of a lot of money to be made with it as well. And I think, um, as I said to you, Rory, at the end of the day, a lot of these fans that come from other countries, they don't have the same background as uh, perhaps what like we do. And that's not disrespect to them at the end of the day. I mean, it's great to have a lot of international fans watching European football, but at the same time, the money men have seen obviously that there's money to be made and a lot of these guys they don't want to watch man united v burnley as much as we love clubs like burnley traditional clubs people in a lot of these countries they don't want to watch those games they want to watch man united dortmund they want to watch psg barcelona they want to watch juventus versus chelsea you know and they want to see that every week not just two or three times a season in the latter stages of the champions league and at the end of the day i'm, I'm totally against it 100 but from a business perspective it does make sense it is the immediate way to grow football. But yeah, from a purist perspective, it's absolutely terrible. I'll be honest with you. I think, um, I mean, a lot of the Eng English football has, I don't know, over a hundred years of history as a domestic league, you know. Obviously, the Bundesliga was formed a little bit later in the early 60s, but it's still kind of existed for long, long before now. And I just think, yeah, it could be the beginning of the end. Sadly, I, I do hope that the, the Bundesliga teams hold off of course, I really do. I mean, but at the end of the day, should the other teams go, it, I, I fear it's just a matter of time, you know, because, yeah. um, and I think the, the other problem is, is how, how kind of lucrative will a Premier League without the big six be or a Bundesliga without the big four or five? Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, I mean, it, it is worrying. There's no question. I mean, the money, even in the Premier League, plummet if the big six left. There's no question about that. Like, I mean, what, you'd have like Leicester and Wolves challenging for the Premier League title. And it's just a lot of international fans don't want to see that, you know. it's uh, So it yeah. is worrying. I'm worried, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I agree, to be honest. It feels like an incredibly big day in, in terms of the history of the game, potentially, because certainly, like so obviously we saw, I've seen a very passionate um, piece of, of post-match commentary from Gary Neville already, from from the Man United perspective of things, which I'm completely on board with, but so for the say, if the top six in England, obviously we're taking this as a premise because we know the top the tops traditional top six in England have signed up for this agreement, so we can't talk about a Bayern or a Dortmund or an RB. Yeah. Um, but if they get punished in theory of taking points, if the Premier League decides to take points away from them or find them. That would only push them further away into the Super League. Yeah. So it, it kind of feels like there's no, there's almost no coming back from this in 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 a way. I'm hoping wrong, um, but it, it seems like it could well be the the start of the end of, of of traditional football game that that we well know and love. Um, so yeah, a very interesting one. Um, obviously, if anyone has any thoughts or comments on that, yeah, please pop pop it in the comments on the YouTube channel. Let us know if you think. I'm wrong and you, you're you all, all for it. Let us know if, by, by all means. But yeah, for me, it feels like a very sad day indeed. Um, forgetting all that then, we'll move on to the football um, and we'll go on to our feature four with Mark, um, who will introduce it. And we'll we'll go over the games and what we'll, what we'll do is game by game as well. We'll kind of talk about the managerial merry-go-round that the Bundesliga has all of a sudden become. 
which is also a very interesting um, kind of spin-off that, that's happened this season. So, yeah, Mar, do you want to kind of feed us into the first uh, first of the featured four? Absolutely, yeah. So it has. It's been a crazy week of sport, without doubt. You know, the UK has opened back up, which I'm jealous about. But, yeah, the football has gone to another level of craziness, really. So let's start with the game of the weekend, which which did prove it was billed to be the game of the weekend. And it turned out to be the game of the weekend as well which was, of course, the Wolfsburg to Bayern 3. But I just want to start by focusing on what happened in the, the post-match interview, actually, was announced. There's been a lot of talk about this over the last weeks, over here in Germany, I think internationally as well, that thing all was not right behind the scenes at FC Bayern Munich. And after the game, Hansi Flick, the, the all-conquering Hansi Flick, did announce that he will be stepping down from his post at FC Bayern Munich in five games time when the season ends i mean obviously uh, the, the the kind of reaction to that is that the buy-in the buy-in board are not happy at all with this announcement they've declared that they're not happy but it seems as though hansi flick has kind of been forced out more than anything not to do with performance wise but to do with backroom uh, kind of misdemeanors i don't know it was obviously sally hammersic the the director of football who was kind of the main culprit by the look of it with the disagreement so obviously nobody knows who is in in the wrong there i mean it could be hansi flick causing the problems you never know really but rory what do you think about that obviously the end of hansi flick's excellent 20 month reign well uh, shocked um obviously the rumors were coming around so i guess they kind of takes the sting out of it a little bit because it felt like it had been coming for a good few weeks even you know we were quite aware of it within the uk anyway um, those that follow, obviously, the Bundesliga. So, yeah, by the sounds of it, he's um, he's on his way to take on the national job. Um, but, yeah, it's it's hard to see because there's been an interesting mix of, of reaction to it. Some people, some Bayern fans that I've seen kind of saying that they're not surprised that Hansi has left because of X, Y and Z not being backed, as, especially, which is an interesting stance and, and viewpoint that they've taken. Um and obviously there there is this kind of relationship with Sally Hamzic and and kind of the it came to a point where it's just a broken relationship and it couldn't be fixed um so Hansi is has obviously kind of taken the bullet as well um so yeah i mean obviously the buying board are furious as well uh, not happy with the situation at all um so yeah it's all it's all up in the air we don't obviously we we've heard now rumors very not very strong rumors but it's theorised that, that Julian Nagelsmann may then slip straight into the buy-in job, uh, which, again, <laughs> is something we'll have to talk about a, a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, and in terms of the post-match reaction, it's absolutely crazy, considering um, what what that win had done for, for the season in terms of the title race, which it almost completely kills the title race because of RB's draw. Um, you would have thought that buy-in would have been in a cele celebratory mood. Uh, but yeah, far from after that. Yeah, I mean, it was, as for the game itself, it was a yeah, it was a pretty crazy match. I mean, obviously Bayern flying out of the blocks, but I mean, Mister Fantastic, you know, Mister Reliable, making two mistakes. I mean, it, first of all from Musiala, who did really, really well to kind of uh, rummage and find space, but he smashed it more or less straight to Castiles. Really, I wouldn't say it was an easy save, but he should have been able to palm it wide. Really. But yeah, he let it kind of squirm underneath his body for 1-0. 
yeah, then for the second goal, it was an even bigger mistake, wasn't it? He kind of like, again, it, it seems to be a recurring theme this season with goalkeepers missing like a punch. And it just ended up kind of landing at the feet of uh, the, the world's best agent striker, uh, Chupo Moting, who got another important goal this season, actually. You know? yep. I mean, his goal in midweek almost got by and through as well. And with the unfortunate away goals lost against Paris Saint-Germain. But yeah, I mean, he, he's turned out to be a decent replacement for Lewandowski after all. But yeah, then obviously after that, I think Wolfsburg were by far the better side. I mean, the the first goal was a classic Vauk vague horse finish from an excellent assist from Schlager, who's been really, really good recently, the Austrian international. Then obviously again, uh, Bayern hit straight back with a, a kind of looping header. I didn't quite know that he really meant this one, to be honest, when I was watching it. But yeah, I mean, it's another, goal for the excellent Musiala who is becoming a really really good player it's just a pity that he's in that position where Bayern already have so many good players at the minute and I think he's only really starting so many games because obviously Goretzka is injured but definitely I mean he's a very very young guy he's what 17 and I think he's got mm -hmm. a very very bright future and he's he already looks like a top quality player at this age so but then obviously moving on into the second half I mean Wolfsburg get themselves back in it through a really really nice goal again through Maximilian Philip from yep. the just to finish from a nice cross from the fullback, and then I think the big moment really is when Roussillon, the uh, the international of uh, I can't remember where he's the international of actually, but he might be, yeah, I mean, he might be Dutch. Dutch. Is he Dutch? Yeah, he's Dutch. Okay, yeah, there you he might go. Be. Yeah. I, I might have made that. Runs through on goal, and you're thinking, come on, lad, make it three all and keep the title race going, but no, he screws it hopelessly wide. And yeah. Bayern hold on for a, a brilliant 3 2 win. But as you say, it wasn't a usual. This was pretty much the win that confirms the title. But it, I think the Bayern players knew and the, the celebrations were quite subdued. I think it's mm. because he knew that the ever popular Hansi Flick was going to announce his departure at the end of the game. And yeah, I mean, it's um, despite the fact they are going to win the league now at eight points clear again. Uh, sorry, seven points seven, clear again. Yeah. But they are going to. Um, yeah, they're going to lose uh, one of the most popular coaches they've had in a long time, to be honest. And it's, uh, I think overall, it's probably not been quite the season that they were hoping for. But they, they get the win, seven points clear with five games to go. They will see out the title and it will be another one in the bag for them. So, yeah, so let's swiftly move on. I mean, it was even more drama. I think it was Wednesday, uh, Rory, that it was announced that obviously this game became even bigger due to the fact that the manager of Frankfurt, one of my manager of the season, really, Adi, Adi Hüter from Frankfurt, did announce on Wednesday that he was going to join the weekend's opponents, Borussia Mönchengladbach, from next season. So, yeah, he's going to leave the Champions League chasing Frankfurt to join Europa League chasing Gladbach. What do you think about that one, Rory? Um, don't understand it. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a stupid move. Um, I, I get the premise um, that Frankfurt perhaps don't usually find themselves in in necessary. Well, they're always you know they've been a good team in the last few years, but might ne not necessarily always within the the confines of the top four or, or the Champions League. Um, so obviously it might be a money thing. Um, there's obviously a potential project to take on at Gladbach that I understand with the, with a very exciting looking squad. Uh, you have to say that because obviously they produced the goods um, on the weekend as well and, and showed what they can do. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it was a really interesting situation and kind of scenario thrown up because you've got Rosa who's in charge of Gladbach 
who's going to Dortmund, who he's trying to do a favour to beat Frankfurt, who then you've got Frankfurt trying to hold on to the top four, top three, whose manager <laughs> is joining Gladbach at the end of the season, who's then thinking, I mean, what what's his motivation in this game? So I, I have to say, I feel so sorry for Frankfurt in this situation. It, it's throwing them into a real terrible situation now with five games to go. Um I really hope they hold on and, and get top four and, and silver and, and co fire them through and, and, and they can hold on to top four. I think that would be huge for them. Um, sadly, if, if they don't, I, I fear for the makeup of their squad, um, that kind of the lure of Champions League football, whether it's one of the teams that do end up in the top four from the Bundesliga or from outside of the Bundesliga may, you know, may appeal to the likes of Silver or Kostic or Kamada or, or anyone like that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're certainly worrying um, in kind of supposed scenarios that we're looking at there. Um, but with regards to the game, it, it was a very surprising one, actually. I mean, um one uh, one nil from a very simple you know corner. Ginter meets it at the near post. One nil. Um, uh, then there are chances for for Jovic and uh, Isanka um, hitting the bar um, before eventually the kind of killer blow happened in the second half. Which another of our well of our few keepers who we've praised most of the season in, in Kevin Trapp makes a bit of a howler from Hoffman's half volley goes underneath his body inexplicably and it's 2-0 and that's probably the game. Um, it must be a bit of a curse, uh, our five-a-side teams, because obviously we did a bit of a Q&A on, on Thursday and we picked Castiles and, and Trapp as the outstanding two keepers and they've both had stinkers this weekend. So, yeah, so um, apologies to both keepers. We've obviously stitched you up a bit there. Um, and then... Uh, a, a, a quick third goal again from a corner. Uh, the rebounds poked in for three 0 and that and that's game set and match. And then there's a late fourth goal from from Hannes Wolf as well. So yeah, really good in, good performance from Gladbach. Um, again, their season seems to have been springboarded by the win against Schalke. They've not lost since then in four games. Um, a, a similar similar sort of things happened to Leverkusen actually. So if you ever need your season to be rebooted, <laughs> just play Schalke. Um, apologies to Schalke fans, um, but there seems to be a bit of a trend there. Um, so yeah, important win for Gladbach, um, damaging defeat for Frankfurt, and and it's it's now all up in the air. Yeah, I mean, it is. You're right. It's 10 points from four games now for Gladbach. And this was a really good performance, actually. I mean, they were probably a little bit unlucky not to get a couple of penalties in there as well for handballs. I mean, for me, I think I would say both of them should have been given, really. And mm -hmm. I'm someone who doesn't like a lot of handball penalties as well. But I think it was clear that both of them were the player moved his the hand towards the ball in both situations. But yeah, I mean, it was a very, very comfortable win. I think Frankfurt were pretty much abject, though. And it, it is a bit worrying. I'm not going to lie. This is worrying for Frankfurt now because obviously they've got a game Tuesday night as well. Uh, and yeah, this is all of a sudden looking like a game they need to win now because Dortmund is starting to look hot all of a sudden. They've got they they know their target now, and all of a sudden, you know, we saw what happened to Gladbach as soon as Rosa announced his move to uh, Dortmund. I mean, obviously they picked up a little bit now, ironically. But I think um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I really do hope Frankfurt can hold on for the fans' sake because I mean they've been brilliant this season. It's, it would be such a pity if an announcement like that 
would deny them top four after they've been so good. For me, they've been a lot better than Dortmund this season, typified with taking four points off Dortmund as well. And yeah, I mean, obviously you're wearing the shirt, Rory, today, but I'm sure you would agree that Wolfsburg and Frankfurt deserve top four for their efforts this season. I hope both of them can hang on, personally. Okay, so moving on to another another two teams who've recently removed their managers, actually, in the Cologne derby between Leverkusen and Cologne. So, yeah, I mean, it did end up in a 3-0 win for Leverkusen over who recently, I think, what was it, two weeks ago, got rid of Peter Bosch. And uh, Köln obviously got rid of uh, Gisdol last week after the defeat to Mainz. But, yeah, I mean, this game, you look at the score and you see a 3-0 win for Leverkusen, but it was far from that, to be honest with you. I mean, like, Cologne had so many games. They had 58% possession. They hit the bar three times in the game as well. I think obviously I think they were also a little bit unlucky not to get a penalty as well on Wolf as well. Uh, Marias Wolf was fouled in the area. The referee gave the penalty. This was at one nil to Leverkusen. Leverkusen mm-hmm. actually got off to a good start. They scored a really good goal through Diaby with an excellent assist from Leon Bailey. But then yeah, Cologne started to dominate the game for probably half an hour, forty minutes really, and uh, they could have had a penalty. And obviously from the resulting free kick when the penalty wasn't given. Jonas Hector hammered a brilliant effort that hit the kind of underside of the bar. That was so unlucky not to get a goal. And yeah, I think um, yeah, Hector screwed a shot slightly wide at the start of the second half as well. And then I think Leverkusen's second goal was probably one of the strangest goals I've ever seen in football, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know if you saw this one, Rory, but I think like it was literally like both teams gave away possession about six times straight back to each other. Then a long ball over the defence just led to a... Basically, to uh, Bailey giving an, an easy assist to Diaby. There was no defence at all from Cologne. I mean, it was just a really strange goal that one. And then obviously the third goal from Bailey, which again was desperately poor defence from Cologne. Their defence just seems to have fallen apart, doesn't it, Rory? In recent weeks, yeah, it's it's gone gone bad at the wrong time, hasn't it? Really for, for Cologne in in many aspects as well. They haven't obviously. They have looked dangerous in games. As you mentioned, there's certainly a few what ifs and and buts that you know that could have happened. Obviously, if they get themselves level, uh, but then obviously Leverkusen managed to get down the other end and get a crucial second goal to to in effect kill the game. Um, obviously, not if you don't take your chances, especially at the kind of sticky end of the season when when you need to get points, then you are going to be punished and you are going to lose games more often than not. Obviously. Jonas Hector, the captain, had a good few chances in in quite a lot of their games actually lately, um, and has been very unlucky as well. To be fair um, to him, um, so unfortunately, even he hasn't been able to do much for the club uh, with regards to their results. They're looking looking a bit um, a bit rough now in, in terms of their survival chances. Um, obviously, you know, Bielefeld have been able to pick up points here and there. A uh, crucial win, obviously, against um, Freiburg as well, which they earned. So, obviously, still only um, three points off Hertha. But again, Hertha still have that game in hand. And obviously, we'll talk about that game in, in due course. That obviously didn't take place. Um, so, yeah, it's looking a bit grim for, for Cologne right now. Leverkusen have been, again, rejuvenated um, and have, have picked up some important points since obviously they kind of kick-started themselves against Schalke a few weeks ago um, and now are looking a lot more connected 
two points off Dortmund. Um, might even try and throw in a in a shout to even themselves push for top four um, and have a bit of separation away from Gladbach, who are in seventh place. So they'll be pleased with that. Bailey and Bailey and Diaby are incredibly important to the way the Leverkusen play. Um, pace, you know, relentless attacking, being ambitious, uh, getting at your defenders, a really exciting way of playing. And it's good to see Leverkusen playing like that again. Um, so, yeah, important important win for Leverkusen. Um, and, yeah, not, not looking great for Cologne. Absolutely. And then uh, over to our third battering of the uh, OTVs featured for this week was indeed Sunday's game, Sunday's only game between Dortmund. I think it must be the only time Dortmund I can ever remember them playing on a Sunday this week, actually. They don't play many Sunday games, yeah. Dortmund, do they? But yeah, I mean, it was a very, very good Sunday for them, beating, like, faltering Werder Bremen now, aren't they? This is back-to-back 4-1 defeats them, admittedly against Leipzig and Dortmund now, but I mean, they are... They're definitely going to be looking over their shoulders, aren't they? That's for sure. I mean, they're on poor form. You saw during the game, I mean, Kohfeldt, the, the Verde manager, was really starting to look very stressed on the touchline, you know. Mm. You were starting to see kind of like visions of last season again, I think, all of a sudden. I think at the minute, they'll still probably be relatively comfortable. They've got a big game against Mainz coming on Wednesday, which is mm. going to be huge. Now, because if they lose that, then for me, they really are in a relegation battle. Probably a draw, mind be satisfactory i would say from that game but let's focus on on this match i mean rory did you catch much of this one i did actually i managed to see a decent amount of this and, and dortmund looked quite good to be fair um obviously some nice build-up play uh between the likes of rayner and, and harland and royce they were looking um quite ominous um harland obviously got himself two uh almost got himself a hat trick so obviously back in some some fine fine festival and scoring form um they're trying to be a lot quicker around the box i thought and sometimes their build-up plays a bit to try and score the perfect goal on occasions and the, they were getting shots off a bit earlier uh really testing the key uh keeper in, in pavlenka and, and i think they got their rewards for it um obviously the the game was capped off by with a fourth goal in the end by by Hummels, although it, I think it might have come off Gabriel Selassie at the end. But um, Hummels still, you know, chipping in with goals all the yeah. time. Really impressive, impressive goal scoring record this season, and and in general, Hummels does have what for what he lacks in terms of pace and and sometimes a bit defensively frail. He has added a lot of important goals for Dortmund this season. Um, so right now, obviously, uh, as we look at it. From a from a Borussia Dortmund point of view, they're four points off for place uh, with five to go. Starting to pick up form uh, and a bit of positivity around the club. Obviously, they made um, a fine account of themselves in the Champions League. I thought uh, a valiant attempt at, at trying to get past City. So they were, they would have taken confidence from that. Um, I think Bellingham is playing some exceptional football now yeah. uh, for, for a lad his age. Uh, I think he's in. Yeah, uh, an unbelievable specimen of a player. Um, so things are looking good from from that point of view for for Dortmund. So and hope and they'll probably only start to get players back soon. Now, obviously, hope Sancho might be back playing soon. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what the extent of his injury is, um, but if they get him back soon as well, then yeah, they they're going to be looking good and they'll be charging towards the top top four. Uh, and yeah, Verde from from 
from what the way I look at it, obviously Hertha's game didn't happen this weekend. If Hertha had won, there'd be one point behind them. Um, and Hertha are in 16th place in that relegation playoff place. So I think Verde, I think Verde are in a relegation battle again. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, escaping that for them. Um, so they have to probably win at least at least two of their last five, maybe more, probably three, I'd guess. Um, so yeah, it, it starts on Wednesday with that crucial game. So a lot, a lot on the line for Verde, a lot on the line for Dortmund. Yeah, I mean, the game Wednesday really is massive, isn't it? I mean, obviously, with Mainz getting the extra break, then they're, they're really going to fancy that, I think, Mainz. And, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to be the side that are dropping down, do you, in these situations? You want to be the side like Mainz that are climbing up. I mean, they were dead and buried a, a month or two ago, and now they look the side that are more likely to stay up, perhaps, than Verda. So that's going to be a really interesting game Wednesday night. Okay, so that brings to an end our um, featured four. So let's just uh, quickly sum up the other four games. And then we've got another slight talking point to mention as well at the end of the show. So, yeah, I mean, let's start with, for me, what I thought was a really entertaining game, Union 2, Stuttgart 1. I mean, I mentioned that this game could be a really good match, actually, and it didn't disappoint at all. I mean, I've got to say, Christopher Trimmel was just outstanding. Two brilliant assists. We've mentioned him a lot before. He is the, the assist king. You know, I think he's now on about 16 or 17 assists since the start of last season, which is just outstanding, really, for a side like Union Berlin. He just puts in those crosses, doesn't he? I mean... But I've also got to say that the overall performance from Union was one of the best of the season for me from them. I mean, the goals that they scored, obviously uh, the brilliant, uh, the header for the first goal uh, from the uh, Trimmel assist. And then, yeah, the second goal, which was equally nice. I mean, a brilliant Trimmel cross right across the front and then tucked in at the far post. I think obviously Stuttgart also scored a nice goal of their own as well through Forster's uh, first goal of the season. And then, yeah, I mean, Kaladzic was a really, really nice piece of play there to kind of set him up. But yeah, I mean, it, it was an excellent game, this one. It was two sides that have been brilliant all season for me. They, they both overachieved. Obviously, Union now look more likely to push for that sixth, seventh place after the win over Stuttgart. But yeah, I mean, what what did you make of uh, Union in this game, Rory? Were you impressed with them? Yeah, exactly what you expect from Union. Um, thought they played some good stuff, looked looked a threat from from their set pieces and from those kind of crosses and those dangerous situations that they're able to to make um, happen. So a thoroughly well deserved win, which I thought they were just about nick. Um, so yeah, it obviously it keeps their top six dreams alive obviously we you know when we were talking to uh to michael last week with regard to this third european competition the europe conference league i think it's called um so a seventh of place might be good enough for for a group stage uh draw in 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 that competition i mean who knows what's going to be happening next season with regards to what what yeah. we've been talking about um earlier on in the show whether that throws spanners into into the works of this uh, Europa Conference League if it if it does happen um but yeah obviously Union have had a great season as has Stuttgart so it was a good game between two good teams and, and I hope they both finish the, the season strongly 
Yeah, the irony is just another added point to that is that Union actually dropped a, a place after that result as well, incredibly, <laughs> which is a little bit unlucky after such a good performance. But obviously, Gladbach's win, they were on level points, and Gladbach, due to their 4 0 win, overtook them on goals scored, actually. Yeah, so it's not often you win and drop a place, but that Very did true. happen to Union this week. But yeah, another brilliant result for them. So yeah, obviously, another big result. I mean, who can really say it's a surprise? We said teams need to kickstart the season again, Schalke, and it happened to, to another team this weekend, which was Freiburg. We were just starting to say that they were hitting the kind of uh, on-the-beach kind of stage, really, weren't they, after a, a poor performance against Bielefeld the week before. But, yeah, I mean, they really hit back their attacking stride in this game, didn't they, with a very, very easy 4-0 win, Rory. Yeah, very comfortable performance, um, pretty much in control from, from the off. Um, Santa Maria obviously um, was able to provide a, an early assist for for Holler to get to get them off the mark, and they went from there. Um, obviously, uh, Salai was was able to to convert from from the penalty spot when Huntelaar <laughs> ironically fouled him uh, for the penalty. Not quite what you want from your from your <laughs> supposed star striker who's come back in uh, with a bit of um, kind of hype around him. So that's unfortunate for him. Two new at halftime, game effectively done. Um, and then it, it ended up being a double, I think, from Gunter um, to make it three three and four. I think two, two efforts actually from long range. Um, or relatively long range anyway. So, yeah, 4-0, very comfortable win. Um, that might give them a bit of a springboard for Iberg to, to push again. Um, but I think they're a little bit too far adrift of, of certainly of sixth. But they'll want to finish as high as they can do. Yeah, a top half finish would be an underrated achievement for them, that's for sure. I mean, it's, it'd be really, really great. And they, they've been entertaining to watch. You can't ask any more from Freiburg this season. Okay, so let's just quickly touch over two pretty dull nil-nil draws. I mean, obviously, the bigger one of the two was probably the Leipzig nil, Hoffenheim nil. I mean, obviously, the, the big talking point in this one was Yusuf Poulsen's 97th-minute disallowed goal for a foul. Uh, I mean, some would say, yeah, I mean, it was a, a bit harsh in some ways. But I, I, to be honest, I don't think Leipzig deserved to win this game all in all. They didn't create enough. They didn't do enough. I mean, yeah, you could say that they, they kind of earned the luck through the late Poulsen uh, goal. But do you think they deserved that one, Rory? Or do you think a draw was a fair result? Um, they huffed and they puffed, uh, I guess. Um, but they didn't quite seem to get into, into RB kind of you know, gear three or four um, and Hoffenheim were able, um, quite surprisingly, actually, given their <laughs> defensive frailties this season, um, to hold on for a creditable nil-nil draw. Um, as you said, I think it was a VAR decision for, for Hamble, wasn't it? Or um, you mentioned yeah, the foul. Yeah, well, but um, yeah, so obviously that's that's a big talking talking point, but I guess maybe they shouldn't have left it too um as late as they did to try and get that goal. Obviously, they were trying throughout the game, but um, I think Hoffenheim started quite well. So, RB didn't have that much momentum. Started the second half better, um, came out with a bit more uh, enthusiasm, a bit more pressing, uh, which RB are usually quite good at. Um, so, they did employ that. But, yeah, what wasn't enough, I'm afraid. Obviously, as you were going to allude to, um, RB have uh, somewhat bottled it again. Um, so, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, bad result for RB, not not a good weekend for them. 
Yeah, I mean, this was a great chance as well, obviously, with five points. They could have dropped the lead to two points, obviously, with uh, Bayern going to, to Wolfsburg on the Saturday. So, I mean, for me, this is massive in football. You know, these moments are what win your titles. You know, you've got to apply the pressure, but they didn't apply the pressure. And that's probably what allowed Bayern to get the win on the Saturday, you know. So it's disappointing, but at the end of the day... Yeah, they're going to get second place in the league, which is still a decent effort. Uh, they've kept the title relatively close for most of the season. So it's still been a good year for Leipzig, without doubt, who continue to grow as a football club. OK, and ob obviously the final game was a game that we didn't predict, really. Probably the two most defensive sides in the Bundesliga, aren't they? I think both me and you, Rory, tipped a draw in this game and it did end up being a draw and a pretty drab draw at that. But to be honest, I've got to be honest, I think both sides will be relatively happy with the point there. I mean, for me, that point makes it impossible for Augsburg to go down now on 33 points with a decent goal difference. And also it lifts Bielefeld up and out of that uh, bottom three plays, doesn't it? Above her to who we'll mention in a minute didn't play this weekend. So, yeah, I mean, would, would you agree with that, Rory, that both sides will be quite happy with the point there? Yeah, useful useful point for both teams. Um, I think Bielefeld probably just slightly edged it on on the kind of uh, how how big their potential chances were. I think it was Volk, Volk Zammer, um had a couple of well, he had a one-on-one -on -one opportunity, I think he was, or certainly a very clean opportunity when he was played through by close. Um, uh, that was really, that was about it. So, yeah, important point for both. Um, pretty much keeps Augsburg safe and, and Bielefeld uh, obviously helps them jump um, jump into 15th outside of that relegation playoff place for now. Um, but obviously as a result of potentially... Um, Hertha Berlin not playing so obviously Mark do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit you might know a little bit more obviously having being in yeah. the country and living it right now of course yeah, I mean, obviously, some of you might be wondering why one of the biggest games, I think it was the, the second biggest build game of the week, wasn't it, really, after, obviously, the Wolfsburg v. Bayern game, where you might be wondering why Mainz v. Hertha Berlin didn't take place. And that was, indeed, it was uh, the news broke on Saturday morning that uh, Hertha Berlin had had a number of, uh, basically, a COVID outbreak within the squad. And the problem is, really, that the big talking point there is the fact that they now have to quarantine for two weeks and the biggest worry is that um, they, they could potentially miss up to three games as well, because obviously with midweek fixtures coming for week 30 mm. this week, it's happened at exactly the wrong time, you know. So we could yeah. be in a situation in two weeks' time where Hertha Berlin have played three games less than the relegation rivals. And I mean, obviously the season has to finish on the 16th of May, which is the current date that it's scheduled to be finished. So that means that Hertha are going to have to play the last three midweeks of the season. And we all know what happens to Bundesliga teams when they have to play two games a week. You know, they roll out the under-21s, basically. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's a big worry. I know that I think Hertha are in the process of trying to get it re reduced at the moment, the quarantine, because, I mean, obviously there's massive money relying on this as well. And they genuinely fear now that if they do have to play that, those extra games, like back to back, I mean, they're not going to be fresh going into already a tired time in the season, you know. So, mm -hmm. well, yeah. what do you think of that, Rory? Do you think um, do you think it could affect Hertha's chances of staying up, or do you think they'll still just have enough there? Um, I've, I mean, it's certainly damaging. Um, it, it may if they are in about 14th place and they are still just hovering above the relegation playoff place, I might have a slightly different opinion on it, but. The fact that they are actually in a, 
you know, it, obviously they don't get relegated for coming 16th. But if you, you know, if you can't play a few games and then, you know, out of, out of nowhere, say Cologne pick up a win and, and a draw, then you're actually in a then you're actually in 17th place as a result when you next come into the field. Hertha Berlin players will be cacking in their pants essentially like they'll they'll be uh yeah they'll be nervous they'll they won't have any confidence um and yeah if, if they have to go back to back uh for for three midweeks in a row it'll really stretch their their squad um and obviously injuries and things like that will come into it um so it's terrible timing if i do say so myself for Hertha. so yeah, watch watch this space closely. It could be a huge, huge um, kind of story in the next few weeks, and obviously it could lead to a real shock in terms of the team potentially going down in, into the five Bundesliga. So we'll have to have to keep an eye on it for sure. Yeah, I can confirm as well that the game, all Hertha Berlin's until the 7th of May have been cancelled as things stand. So, I mean, it, it'll be almost a month until they played a football match if things mm -hmm. continue. You know? yeah. Obviously, it came at the wrong time because it came on the Saturday morning, you know, so they'll have to miss, basically, the, they're going to be missing three, four games and it's just, it's a disaster for them, really. They are very worried. I know I read a couple of articles saying that they're, they're extremely worried and also looking at the fixes well, they've still got to play Mainz. Bielefeld and Cologne and Hoffenheim as well, who are only a little bit further above them. So, I mean, they've got, do you know what I mean? You could look at it both ways. I mean, if they really get the grip between the teeth, they can probably put a few wins together there. But at the same time, if they lose a couple of those games, even the automatic relegation place is not out of the reaches now, you know. But and I mean, for Cologne, it's got to give them a bee in the bonnet and think, you know, Cologne, uh, Hertha aren't going to be playing until the 7th of May. If we can get four points, then we can get out of that bottom two, even though Hertha will have games in hand. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, it's a disaster. The timing is just absolutely disastrous for Hertha, really. They've had a yeah. poor season anyway. They were just starting yeah. to get a bit of form together, weren't they? They'd gone three unbeaten with one win and two draws. And now this comes, I mean, it's just, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously here in Germany, the, they've already declared the third wave is well underway now. So, I mean, things are not showing any signs of getting better over here in Germany. So, yeah, if you're listening in the, in the UK, then you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's obviously not not a good time uh, in, Ge in Germany in general or, or for her to Berlin, of course. So we'll quickly finish with the hero and zero and then um, just finish with a few footnotes with regards to our plans for, for, the, for the coming week. Um, so we'll just start off with our hero um, and... I think well, I'll let Mark introduce this one and then I'll, I'll do the zero. So, Mark, do you want to announce your hero of the week? Yeah, I mean, while obviously the obvious choice would have been Musiala for his big double in the, the game of the week, I, there was one guy who really, really stood out for me this weekend. And it's a play that I've been a fan of for quite a while, actually. And it was Christopher Trimmel from Union Berlin. I mean, the guy was just outstanding in this game. Like, If any of you want to watch the highlights of that, I'd recommend it. I mean, it was a perfect fullback performance, really. And he almost capped it with a goal near the end as well. But a brilliant save from the Stuttgart keeper prevented him from getting a goal to add to two, the two brilliant assists. So, yeah, just in general, he's all, and he, also he played with a mask on as well. So, I mean, uh, obviously, like, not a not a kind of a COVID mask, but like one of the uh, structural masks. So, yeah, I mean, it was an outstanding performance and a well-deserved hero of the week for Christopher Trimmel from Union Berlin. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, quickly, just going over the zero, um, 
Uh, it won't come as a shock to anyone that has gone to another keeper, um, an incredibly reliable keeper this season. So, unfortunately, we do have to put him in for his uh, compounding errors, especially for the second goal for for Cohen Castiles of Wolfsburg. Um, his flap slash punch for the second goal, obviously, which fell to Chupo Motting, was a big, you know, a big moment in a big game. So that's obviously cost them potentially a point, uh, which might come back to bite them later on in the season so we'll have to see but um he yeah, has been incredibly good this season well, a rare um rarity in terms of the keepers this season as well so unfortunately castiles is the zero of the week um so yeah that pretty much brings us to a close um we haven't done too badly on time actually despite there being a lot to talk about um this week so uh, yeah, looking ahead um, in terms of our plans for for the next week is obviously very busy still. Um, so there is a midweek batch of uh, of games of the Bundesliga. So match match week or match day thirty will take place over Tuesday and Wednesday uh, coming, um, and even Thursday actually potentially. Um, are there? Yes. Oh no, we've got one unscheduled game. So Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so myself and Mark won't be doing. A predictions show for for match day 30 but we are planning on doing a show live on thursday uh which will actually kind of be a usual bundesliga show so we'll try and capture what happens in the midweek games and do a bit of predictions show for match day 31 um so yeah so there's plenty going on uh once we've got the details of when we'll be going live on thursday obviously we'll release it on twitter and, and on youtube of course so you guys can can join us for a slightly elongated um version on on a thursday night so a bit of bonus material for you um uh, as things hot up uh, in the top four and top six and indeed the relegation races we might have more news on on the Super League and, and and its potential impact on the Bundesliga as well by then. So, lots to lots to kind of investigate and lots to be seen in in the coming weeks and uh, days ahead. So, hopefully, we'll have you guys to join us as usual and and uh, join us uh, on the Bundesliga show on Thursday as well. So, uh, yeah, over to Mark to finish up. Yeah, so obviously remember to follow us on our Twitter feed, which is at Over the Bar FB. So you can see, obviously, the season is coming towards an end now. Obviously, going into the Euros as well. We're actually uh, we we plan we have big plans for the Euros as well. So keep kind of checking that out. We will be announcing some of the plans that we have over the next month or two. Obviously, with the Euros starting in, I think it's the twentieth of June, right? So yeah, that that's the next big thing we have here. Obviously, that links it. We will be covering uh, the German national team as well, of course. If any of you are interested in that, and yeah, obviously check out uh, otbfootball.net, which is our main website for anything Bundesliga, League One, and just about everything else related. We also had a very interesting article on Andre Silva as well. Obviously, written before the four 0 trashing against. Uh, Gladbach, but yeah, to, he deserves recognition for this brilliant season, so check that out as well. So yeah, so that's all from a very, very interesting week of football, not only on the pitch, but probably even more so off the pitch this week, really. So yeah, see you again on Thursday for the live show.